Welcome to That's Deep Bro, Serious Questions with Silly People. I'm Christina Pajitsky. I'm a stand-up comedian. <laughs> and uh, I have a degree in philosophy, and I've been doing stand-up for the last 12 years. So I figured, why not combine two totally useless passions of mine into one podcast? <laughs> Today's topic is LSD and... Uh, LSD. Oh my God. Why Why do acid? I could never do acid as an adult, but in my youth I did it. And um, I've been really obsessed with the 60s lately. Like everything having to do with cults, um, like the Manson clan. And uh, I, I watched this documentary on Netflix called The Source Family, <laughs> where like, a, a woman gives birth to a baby in front of all these dirty hippies. And then somebody like wipes her vagina for her and it's just it's craziness but i'm really really intrigued with the 60s in american culture uh specifically because it was a really kooky shoes time especially for such a complacent society like ours i mean you know look we like our creature comforts so you know tuning in turning on and dropping out <laughs> it's just so crazy that that happened here and i I really like them, uh, that idea. And I really like uh, the 60s psychologists from Harvard, uh, Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert. These are two guys who dropped a bunch of acid together, gave a bunch of acid to their students and did a bunch of studies on on acid and whether or not it really uh, can heal people if it had therapeutic elements to it. And, um, you know, and who knows? And <laughs> who knows? Look, I don't know if acid healed my mind. It definitely changed me. And uh, my guest today is a good friend of mine who prefers to remain nameless for obvious reasons, okay? I mean, look, she's an adult. She's got to make a living. We all do. We, who wants your future employer hearing that you've dropped acid 50 times, which is how many she's done it, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, I have no hope of being gainfully employed I uh, was fired from or quit 22 jobs in the span of four years before I became a full-time comedian. I dropped out of law school after two weeks. I dropped out of graduate school for philosophy, actually, after less than a semester. So, you know, <laughs> I have no hope of ever becoming a productive m member of the society here. So, uh, whatever. But uh, So I hope you enjoy this episode, uh, LSD, and also a little bit of the philosophy of mind. What is thinking? And... Uh, what is that part of our brain that psychedelics can access or does it at all? I don't know. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If you like the show and you want to support it, please uh, go to my Amazon banner on my website. That's deepbropodcast.com. Click on that when you're doing your Christmas shopping. And I listen, if you're not using Amazon, you got to start because if there's one thing I believe in, it's never leaving your house. You want to become a recluse like me, uh, you know, shut, shut the curtain, shut the drapes, get your Netflix going, get a bottle of red wine and just wait for the zombie apocalypse. But you do want your packages delivered to you. 
And that's why Amazon's great. <laughs> I'm so lazy. I subscribe on like toilet paper and paper towels just so I don't have to go out in public and buy them. So that's where I'm at in my life, guys. Join me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Christina P. Uh, if you want to see me do stand up, I, I go on tour a lot. I'm at ChristinaComedy.com. You can see all my road dates. I'm coming to Toledo this week, the Toledo Funny Bone. That's in Toledo, Ohio, not in Toledo, Spain, in case you're wondering. And if you don't, if you don't know this, I have a podcast, another one with my husband, Tom Segura, who's a hilarious, wonderful comedian. It's called your mom's house and it has absolutely nothing to do with philosophy and everything to do with really important things like wiping down, like making brown, like the Braxton's. It's everything silly and fun and it's really a nice release. It's like a it's like an escape hatch that show I think for my life. <laughs> it's just it's the world that I share with my husband. This podcast is the world that I share in my own head and with you guys and then your mom's house is like my shared world with my beloved husband. <laughs> Such a weird world we live in. Anyway, hey, I'm taking this podcast once a week now, man. It's weekly because of you guys. Okay, when I started this show, I thought who the hell wants to listen to all this weird stuff that I like? Turns out a lot of you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for tweeting me and emailing me and letting me know just how much you like it. Like seriously, I had no seriously, I had no idea that uh, there would be this much love for this show. And I'm so appreciative to all of you uh, for listening. And uh, yeah, I'll keep doing them as long as you keep listening to them. So, are you guys ready? I hope you've all dropped your acid. Everybody got their acid ready? Okay, I've dropped mine 20 minutes ago. It's just about to kick in. All right, buckle up, kittens. Let's get loaded! That's great. Bye. That's great. That's great. I freaked out very, very badly. freaked out. So uh, my guest is a mystery guest today uh, for obvious reasons. Look, some of us need to be gainfully employed and we don't need employers, maybe, maybe family people knowing that maybe we've done some things that are, I don't know, unsavory in polite society. So my beloved friend uh, here with me, well, we will not disclose who this person is, uh, but we're going to talk about some psychedelic experiences. Um, so let's get into it. Today's episode is about LSD. LSD and thinking and thought and consciousness expansion. And I'm really, really lately into the 60s. I've been obsessed with um, 60s cults, 60s, <laughs> like The Source. You were watching that documentary on Netflix, mm-hmm. yeah? And, um, and also this group of Harvard psychologists, Richard Alpert, a.k.a. Ram Dass, now he's named Ram Dass, and Timothy Leary. These were two guys who were... Um, 
psychology professors at Harvard University in the 60s. And uh, basically, I believe the story goes, Timothy Leary goes to Mexico and invites Richard Alpert. And um, they drop acid together in Mexico. And they both have like this amazing experience on acid and they come back and nothing, everything has changed from this experience. And they start to experiment on their students, which isn't a really good idea. And they get kicked out of Harvard. Uh, But anyway, it starts this whole movement. So just briefly, why don't we start from the very, very beginning? And I think what's interesting is uh, philosophy of mind. That's a whole category of philosophy that I cannot begin to fucking put a dent in. But it starts, at least in the Western tradition, with Descartes, and the, it's called the cogito. I think, therefore, I exist. And Descartes says, look, we can doubt everything about our world. We can doubt everything except for the fact that I am doubting, that I have this thing called cognition, that I am thinking. So that's really, I mean, look, I don't know where we are. You and I could be in pods right now. Um, like in the Matrix, and our energy sources could be <laughs> fueling a, a city. Who knows, right? Who knows what the reality is? We could be someone's dream. That's right. So, all, But all we know of, the, the for sure, for sure, for sureness, is that we have thought. Now, what is thought? And I love this quote from Martin Heidegger, I think. So basically, Western philosophy starts with Descartes doing this thing, what's called the subject-object split, meaning the mind is not... It's immaterial. There's a soul and then there's a body, right? And that's the big problem with Western philosophy is we're separated. <laughs> and so it becomes a problem in, in terms of like, how do we know things? And I think phenom- it's the thing called phenomenology that answers it really well. Martin Heidegger, this great thinker, unfortunately became a Nazi. So, hey, you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> it's really bad, but it's true. <laughs> Anyways, he has this great line in this book called What is Called Thinking?, and I've loved this line forever. He says, the most thought-provoking thing in our thought-provoking time is that we are still not thinking. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy, right? Is your, is your mind blown? Whoa. Can you read that again? Because <laughs> I was so busy thinking that I was thinking. I, the I most mean, important thing is that... Right. So this is, this is one of the first sentences I read as a philosophy major, and I think my head exploded into a million pieces here it goes again. The most thought-provoking thing in our thought-provoking time is that we are still not thinking. Now, meaning, <laughs> right, there's, there's levels of thinking. There's, I got to take a shit. I got to go to the store. I got to walk the dog. Um, there's introspective thinking, like I'm thinking about these feelings right now. And then there's fucking thinking, getting deep on it, right? What I'm incapable of doing i realize (laughs) but like breaking things open and i would love to train that muscle but but where do you wait so but but do you think that maybe with the use of psychedelic drugs you're able to access oh yeah (laughs) the opening the doors of perception but yeah or like yeah Mm. i I don't mean to hijack this no you're not this is great though this is going to take me so anyway, that's just the beginning, the basis of it, it, it. And thought is is its own thing. It's a huge problem in philosophy. Nobody knows how to talk about consciousness because we're experiencing con- consciousness. How do you talk about something you're actually experiencing? It's very difficult. Anyway, back to these Harvard guys. This is so great. So, okay, Richard Alpert, a.k.a. this guy. So he's a, he's a Harvard professor. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know a lot about Ram Dass? I know more about Timothy Leary. Oh, good. He's more interesting. So we'll get... Hold on. Wild man. He's a great... So 
But let me just get, hold on, let's get Ram Dass. I love Ram Dass. I've been reading his books. He's got a book called uh, Be Here Now and also Living the Bhagavad Gita. And I highly recommend them if you're um, interested in spirituality and kind of, he gives you a nice way of dealing with everyday life so that you're, uh, you're not up, you're not down. And so anyways, he gets kicked out of Harvard and he goes to India and he hooks up with this guy, this guru in India named Neem Karoli Baba. He's a big fat guru, this guy also known as Maharaji. That's what they call gurus, Maharaji. And he hangs out with Neem Karoli Baba, this Richard Albert, and he comes back and he's like, guess what, guys? I'm Ram Dass. And he becomes this um, awesome spiritual leader and he's still alive, but there you go. And then there's Timothy Leary. So he and Timothy Leary are hanging out, doing a bunch of LSD. And Timothy is quite different. So he's got a pretty chaotic life. He's been... Oh, let me read his life. Hold on. This is so funny. This is just on Wikipedia. This guy was such a fucking nutbag. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, Larry believed LSD show therapeutic potential for use in psychiatry. He popularized catchphrases that promoted this philosophy, such as, you've heard the phrase, turn on, tune in, and drop out. Oh, don't you love that? God, think for yourself and question authority. Mm -hmm. God damn it, I love this. He was in and out of prison multiple times on drug charges. You know, he got married. He had two kids. His first wife commits suicide. His second daughter commits suicide at age 41. He had a lot of problems, this guy, Timothy Leary, and he took a lot of acid. And his parents broke off. Someone left him when he was growing up, when he was like 13 (sighs) or something. I think his parents, I don't know, I could be lying. Oh, man. Anyway, Richard Nixon considered him to be uh, one of the most dangerous people in America. What a great right. medal of honor. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Yeah. And I think he was so dangerous because he was encouraging this generation who was supposed to be sent to Vietnam to be like, fuck this. What are you guys doing? Think. Right. That's the most dangerous thing a person can do is to think. Right. Mm-hmm. He was telling the youth of America. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he was telling people uh, to drop acid to do copious amounts of hallucinogenics, get weird. And here's some great quotes from Timothy Leary. This is my favorite. He goes, there are three side effects of acid, enhanced long-term memory, decreased short-term memory, and I forget the third. (laughs) Isn't that fantastic? That is actually very good. I'm sorry, we met yesterday? Can I tell you something about the costume I was wearing when I was 14? So basically you have two guys that are hanging out together around the same period of time, They both take a bunch of LSD. They both open their minds. But Richard Albert, a.k.a. Ramdas, goes one direction. He goes the spiritual route. He goes to India. He goes backwards, in essence, in time. And um, so here's some quotes from Ramdas. I love this shit. The game is not about becoming somebody. It's about becoming nobody. So he, in essence, Mm. makes it a Buddhist, Hinduist thing. Timothy Lyric takes it in the other direction and goes, no, 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 once your doors of perception are open... It's science. Your brain is God. There's a book that he wrote called Your Brain is God. That's really interesting that I'm reading right now. And he talks about space travel and shit. So he's like, basically, humans need to worship their own brains and then get into um, a space machine and fly away. So you have two guys doing the same thing. How come one of them goes backwards? I don't know. One of them goes forwards. That's kind of the thinking here. So LSD, here's the rules to taking acid. And then let's fucking get into it okay so okay we're gonna take acid okay are you ready yes so number one this is from timothy leary the uh, lsd guru himself he says we've always urged people don't take lsd unless you are very well prepared 
unless you are specifically prepared to go out of your mind. (laughs) Don't take it unless you have someone that's very experienced with you to guide you through it. And don't take it unless you are ready to have your perspective on yourself and your life radically changed because you're going to be a different person and you should be ready to face this possibility. Wow. Wow. And then you read those rules and you knowingly go into that. <laughs> he he said something interesting and I'm going to completely botch it. Do it. I love it. But it's something about when he stopped doing LSD, he said, and I'm sorry that I'm botching it, but it is the amount of psychedelics I've done. That I've, <laughs> but uh, you can go into that room and explore your the room, I assume I took it to be your mind, until you... you, you you can't. You don't need to keep going in there anymore. Oh, that's interesting. I, I don't. I, I maybe I'm attributing it to him, and it was Santa Claus that said that. But <laughs> like, I thought that was interesting. Like, but anyway. So, what's your history with LSD? Let's start there. How many times have you done it, and when's the first time you did it? Um, I did upwards of like fifty times because <laughs> someone told me once that if you do it thirty-seven times, that you will become legally insane, and I thought that would be really interesting. Yeah, and then I found out years later it was seven times was the like the <laughs> the thought. Is that right? It's, I, whether it's true or not. And then I was talking about it recently, and, and someone was saying, "Yeah, but it's stretched over a period of time, and your body can kind of recover, so you're fine." <sighs> yeah, but like. Yeah, so that was my because one of the reasons why I was been thinking about this a lot since you asked me to do this and like why that was what some people are like. I want to get physically fit. <laughs> I want to become an intellectual and right. I teach. want. I want to run a marathon. I want to be a mom. I was like, <laughs> I want to go insane. That was, but I I was just drawn to like I read. I don't. I'm. I read um, Go Ask Alice when I was little. Now, didn't that book blow your mind? I it blew love my mind, that book, and I man. was entranced by it. I and read it you don't multiple know. times. Yeah, Go Ask Alice is a great book from the '60s where it's a teenage girl and she takes acid, and doesn't she bake the baby? She bakes a baby or something in it. She's babysitting and she puts a baby in the oven. Is that what? I happens? don't think I don't remember that. <sighs> I've read it so many, but I, she does end right? up the the diary trails away and she disappears and it's like she's died or she ends up and it's oh, super right, 60s and right. she's traveling and you know it starts off she's this cute little kid who's learning how to curl her hair with beer and soda cans <laughs> and then at the end she's like making out with some chick in jail like right. she t- t- but it's it was published as a cautionary tale well as most drug literature is uh, Nancy, right we grew up with the war on drugs Nancy told us not to do it and all, all that did was encourage Encur- me and and tell me what drugs I was gonna take. I well, was like, people, oh great, quaaludes. Think, some people say, okay, you're right. I was. I'm thinking about it too. It was. It wasn't that I was a rebellious kid. It was that I had a different vision for what I wanted, mm. and I wanted to pursue. I listened to the White Rabbit as a little kid, mm. and over and over and over again. And I was just like, what is? The, what are these people doing? I. There was a time in my life where I thought, it, my past life, I'd been. Like I'd lived and died in the '60s, and so I was really just like revisiting what I'd, I oh, was I love so it. fascinated. And then there was a brief period of time where I was convinced that I was Edie Sedgwick in my <laughs> past life, and I was like, "It's definite." But um, I just I I read Go Ask Alice, and I just locked on. It was something I wanted to pursue, and and I wasn't. I'd love to say that I wanted to open my doors of perception when I was 14, but I do think it was because I wanted to party. 
and find uh, out what yeah. it was like. Yeah. And I, the first time I ever tripped, I took synthetic mescaline with a boyfriend. Mm. And I went, like, we, you know, and my mom picked us up. <laughs> and I had to call home to tell my mother that I was okay. But it was so unable to, because at this point I was peaking on the trip. And, and I probably had four hours Mm. like away from being, you know, because I was a boy and I was four or 15. And so I wouldn't be allowed to be out for very long. But I called my friend and I said, would you call my mother, tell her that we talked, that we made plans, but I ran out of quarters. (laughs) So I couldn't call her. This is before cell phones. Before cell phones. Anything. Beepers. This was in the the 1870s. And, uh, and so that somehow, but then my mother picked us up and we waited for his train to take him home. And then my mom and I drove home and we sat at the kitchen table and talked for an hour and a half. <gasps> we, I, were, we were tripping? Mm-hmm. Oh I sat under God. a light source. I'm My eyes must have been like fl- in flame. Well, how, how did she not pick up on that? I mean, how did I came home on acid hardcore acid and my parents didn't seem to notice either well is that my family at the time (laughs) was so fractured and strange that she was either just defending herself against whatever balls were being thrown at her in life or didn't want to know or because she'd never done it if Mm. i had a child and they came home on acid like dude you're on acid of course for the next 12 hours you're cool i'm take care of you then i'm going to take you down or not of but course i don't know actually because i i i don't have kids but i always thought if i did have children and they did want to explore psychedelics i would i would be secretly happy but so <laughs> be, knowing kind of what i some people can't i don't think some people can handle it or <laughs> yeah yeah and that i mean that's another thing so so you've done it over 50 so time i think i've done it i i think three I think got to get you into the double digit. Yeah, no, but I think if you've done it three and that's enough. But you've done mm, mushrooms. I've done it all. I've done everything except smoke crack. I'm pretty Good. sure. I love crack, and I like it better <laughs> when I'm just super just shredded on it. No, well, but but I, I I also took it. I took it at Lollapalooza when I was like mm-hmm. 15 years old, and I I I took one black gel tab. I was with my friends. And I was I had retainers. That's how young I was. And I was wearing a goth dress. And I took one tab. Yeah, it wasn't enough. I took another. Mm-hmm. This is my first time. And I remember Susie and the Banshees came on. And she was playing Cascades. And I, I started to come on, you know. And, and I fucking freaked out. And I threw my retainers across the Irvine Spectrum where we were. And Get I want to take fucking retainer <laughs> out of my like, mouth. What's a retainer? Yeah. And I, we freaked, you know, it was a freak. It was a nightmare. And then I came home and my parents confronted me on something else I had done wrong. And my stepdad's stomach was breathing because he was, he's a fat Indian guy and he was shirtless. And uh, my mother's blue eyes were dripping down her face. And I laid in my bed and I stared at the ceiling until it wore off the next morning. And, and then in college, I did it with my um, one of my shit dick ex-boyfriends. And you know, I had a bad time in college because I think um, it depends on who, it depends it depends who, you're, on who with. you're with. Yes. Because if that person's not cool with themselves, then mm-hmm. guess what? You guys are not. Because it's true. You, I do remember it really is a portal into you, you're not conscious of of your identity as yourself. Like you look in the mirror and shit's breathing. My mm-hmm. face would breathe. 
you know, there's tracers, you're fucking... You see yourself. Yes. For the first time. Yeah. Or for the 50th time. <laughs> but you see yourself. It's true. I, I had experience with people... I will get very quiet and introspective. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I'm listening. Go. I no, I love this. Very quiet. I'm just really want to either make like art or draw or, or think. And yeah. I would be, I remember being with people who would say like, I'm so fucked up. <laughs> and, and it would so annoy me because we were so beyond being fucked up. We were like, you're another dimension. Yeah. And you know, then, and then I, one time I was with uh, my friend, his girlfriend, who was my friend, and another guy who was his friend. It was just the four of us. And I was so – by this point I had gotten more into like the ritual and like the beauty of tripping and how important it was. And I was doing important work. But by then I had a great respect for it. And and this was maybe two years after I started doing it. And uh, – and the the friend, the guy that kind of tagged along, was sitting in front of the television eating hot dogs. Mm. And I was so unnerved and so upset by him because I thought, we're here to like, how can you feed your body? Your body kind of slips away. And it's oh, just yeah. these like... I couldn't eat when I no, was talking. And, I, I said, no. and hot, multiple hot dogs. Mm-mm. And he was just sitting there watching a movie. Mm. And And so I think maybe it's like... I remember thinking, and this is judgmental of me, and it's probably like what I shouldn't have been thinking as I'm like going further into my mind and learning about people and feeling. But he was, he was just feeding his body, and he wasn't <laughs> doing anything with his brain. Mm. And I went upstairs and like took all my clothing off and like took photographs and like locked <laughs> myself out of was crying. Like I was like in it you, alone. You, you took it as a portal, yeah, or like ayahuasca. I've never done that. Oh. I've, have you done that? No, but I've read so much about it because I've read so much like about William S. Burroughs. I read about him meeting Timothy Leary and <laughs> not kind of hooking Those it up. Two. Yeah. Not and hooking it up? What do you mean? Not like mentally sinking. Oh, oh, oh. But it, that's what's so interesting too about the 60s is because it was acceptable to try acid and to like to try LSD and to trip and to go yes. deep. Now it's, you know... Well, the Chardonnay is very oaky. Well, it's it's not just that. It's uh, why do you care about that? Who cares? Yeah. Like that's not going to make you money. Who cares? It's not on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know what? Oh. I, why I think I'm intrigued with the '60s is there was this this right this element of discovery of like let's get in there, let's get weird, let's figure out what there is um, a restlessness with the status quo, and that carried on to our generation. To, we're children of the '90s. Essentially, we came of age in the '90s when rebellion was still cool, and now um, n- where, no, rebellion? now it's like I, I want money. They're yuppies again. We're back in the '80s mm-hmm. where these yuppies just want their stuff. I want my bigger stuff, and I'm hoping a counterculture comes again. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping to ignite it now. Take your acid and drop Everyone, out. Everyone, yeah, just tune it. Well, you know what's interesting too, because during the maybe Sorry. the late fifties, the sixties, they were definitely in the sixties. They were using psychedelics and they were using mind altering drugs on uh, soldiers to yes. see what yes, yes, the yes. effects. There's a there's a really fantastic article in the New Yorker by a writer named Rafi Kachadorian, and it's about. Um, I want to say it was Dr. Ketchum, but I'm probably messing it up. So if you Google this, it's it. Um, uh, sorry, no. What, uh, as I get Alex, but um, 
<laughs> uh, it talks about like how they were using these guys and seeing if 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 psychedelics were the more humane weapon to use against an enemy instead oh, of using sarin gas or something sure. that you would immobilize people and have them. And the test they did, it's such a human, you know, it's terrible. Well, I remember seeing, you can Google uh, YouTube videos of people being given LSD in the 60s. Uh, soldiers, mm-hmm. they're testing people and just to see how they would react. And when someone doses you without your knowledge, I couldn't imagine getting a dose of LSD and not knowing that it's coming because you do have to prepare you mentally, do. emotionally, physically. You have to set aside a good day because <laughs> you're. It takes at least twelve hours for me. I remember last time I fried, it was almost twenty two hours, and I was up watching Mister Rogers and the Strychnine was run. I didn't. I don't really. I wasn't very good at it. Well, yeah, because they, they put speed in it. Yeah, they cut it with awful. But things. if you do it without that stuff, it's really incredible. Like I right. You know, it's. I never got that stuff. <laughs> And we li- I lived in San Francisco. Yeah. And that's where they were making it for a long time. That was the central, you know, whatever lab. Can I tell you, I saw this thing on um, Drugs, Inc. on Nat Geo. This is <laughs> so great. You know, there are all these like propaganda shows about how drugs are bad drugs. Drugs, Inc. And um, they do LSD. And this cop, this fucking nerd cop, you know, I, I don't have anything against the police, but this guy was such a square. You could tell he he really thought he was doing the Lord's work. You know, he's like, well, we, uh, we, came, uh, we came upon an LSD, you know, factory or whatever. Though. And uh, I suited up. I, I made sure that I was all duct taped and, you know, masked. And I, it's all not of a Ebola. Sudden, yeah, well... So he was like at a, I guess a lab, you know, and he was, they were confiscating all this LSD. And I guess he was, he had shaved quickly in the car. He shaved his beard and he got like nicks and, uh, oh, do you want to let the dog out? He's, he's like staring at us. Like, he doesn't like, he's, he's super Nancy Reagan. Just say no. You know what we should do though? I think we should, let's let them out just because, uh, it's going to mess with audio. Pa- press pause. All right, we're back. We had to let the uh, the doggies out. They were whining. So anyway, this this poor drug agent guy. I guess the the uh, there's so much LSD in this room that it leaked into his like s- cuts, and he took something like I don't know, like a, a zillion micrograms. It was like an, an absurd number, and he was so high. He went to the hospital. They locked him into a room that was like the children's ward, and there was like wizards and shit on the walls. <laughs> And um, he actually went into like a seizure and like cardiac arrest from having so much LSD. So it can, if if taken in absurd quantities, like, I mean, you're not going to get that reaction off of taking a couple of hits. Well, and if you're not expecting it and then you're locked in a room with wizards everywhere, (laughs) as opposed to being, you know, giving tranquilizers or whatever, you know, poor guy. I mean, we, I mean, I knew people in college that took way too much acid nobody oh, yeah. nobody's met do you know anybody that's you know you hear a story about like somebody who's like she took too much acid and she thought she was an orange i've heard how does everybody wrote, hear like, that because they put it out there and you know that's terrible that poor but so my question though is yeah. after that guy had that experience was there any sort of like or maybe he just has such a terrible association yeah. with like, you know, he's going to be like, mm, it's not for me. No, he wasn't into it at all. It's not like. <laughs> that's like, that's an interesting it's like not. meth. Like where, you you know, they've made meth in this house and now you just have to 
burn the house to the ground. Is that right? Oh, because it's too messy? terrible cat. Like, I think they have to disclose if so, it's been a meth house, like, because it's such poison. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. That's why it's so dangerous. It's like, like a murder house. Yeah. Like, you have to say, yeah. there's been a couple murders in here. <laughs> Do you know that I actually had, um, I had lunch one time in the Charles Manson, Sharon Tate murder house. Yeah, the guy that owns it's a producer. The guy invented Full House, you know that TV show. I've heard true of it. Story. Yeah. It's public knowledge. Anyway, I had I had lunch there once. It was wow, fucking bizarre. They've remodeled it and changed the yes. name, the number and yes, yes, they changed a lot about it. But it's still kind of you know it's fucking creepy. Uh, so also acid. Okay, so doing acid, I think one of the rules is to never do the things you're supposed to do on acid. Like yeah. I remember trying to watch Yellow Submarine. Yeah, or like, oh, let, okay, we're going to do acid and we're going to have to watch The Wall. Yeah. And then, you know, that, yeah, people like that always bummed me out. <laughs> like, just let it let it happen. Like, let's see where the day takes you. And you end up, you know, doing chalk drawings and golden, whatever, as opposed to like, <laughs> yeah. I, I tripped with a person that wouldn't play along like that. I was like, let's go shoot Silly String in the park. And he was like, no, that's weird. And I remember, yeah, that's not fun. I once was with someone and he he brought all these things that he thought were funny. Oh, boy. And I shut down when someone's like, I'm the yeah. funny guy. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you, if you, you have to keep telling me we're going to have to move on from this topic. But he brought, um, this one stuck out, he brought um, an eraser like a little pink eraser, mm. but it was a plastic. And he was blown away by the fact that someone would make a plastic mm. version, like a toy version of a, like a, you couldn't use it, mm. of a pink eraser. And he kept going on about it. And I, I was like, I, I can't, I can't I, I'm not built for this conversation. <laughs> and I need to not be near you ever again. Like you're bumming yeah. me out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But then you don't want to be alone on acid either because it is, I mean, or can you be? Were you ever alone? Well, the time that I was with the guy eating hot dogs, yeah, it was the guy eating hot dogs and my friends who were a couple and they disappeared in the room into a bedroom to do whatever they did. And I didn't want to be near the hot dog guy. So I went <laughs> into a room and just like did my own thing and took photographs and was like, this is my soul and I'm giving you my soul and... I God, I wish I had those photographs because I probably looked amazing. I was like yeah. seventeen, but no. But I, you know, but sometimes I remember once tripping with a group of people, and I was friends with one of the girls, and then it was her friends, and I remember being struck, and still have this, still kind of is present in my life, but being struck by the fact that I got along with everyone. Everyone liked me and we were all hanging out that night, but they were a group of friends and I was just a visitor. Mm. And and that felt more lonely than being alone mm-hmm. in a room with a Polaroid camera mm-hmm. taking photographs. It's getting myself. weird. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You know, I I think about my time with LSD and I... I uh, I think it does open a door. It opens a new way of seeing the world because it is like, it's like, it's like, um, it's like going to Asia. I don't know if you've ever been to, okay. So not yet. It's fucking crazy. Like I went to Seoul, Korea and I remember walking around the night markets and just being like, wow, this is, 
this could be another planet. Like the way that everything smells is different. The language is different. I mean, it's just like you're, you're going to another dimension. And Timothy Leary thought that, I think these guys do. So does uh, Ram Dass, that it's like, uh, it's like obviously a gateway to your higher, the highest level. It's you're accessing a part of the brain that we haven't even really fully um, investigated yet. It's like, uh, he thinks he in this book I'm reading right now, man. Your his God is your your brain is God. He thinks that eventually we're going to be able to communicate telepathically. Oh, I think that's true. I think so too. I think you can with certain people too. I think so too. There's I my friend and I when we were getting in when we were doing at, when we were tripping together, we started developing this like theory like they know. Like if if someone had <laughs> done it, we'd be like they know. Like they get it. That's and right. Even now, I've I met someone. Um, a couple months ago, and we just started talking about very organically and very quickly talking about psychedelics. <laughs> and we just, it worked like it just, I don't know if I'll ever see them again, mm-hmm. but it just was like, oh, yeah, you get it. I get it. Let's get mm-hmm. it. Like, let's get it. Get. There's just people who I think too, like, if you, there are certain, there's like, there are certain people <laughs> you meet on the street or, or sorry, you see on the street and you, you know, oh, that mm. person's a good person or mm-hmm. that person's a, a sad person or I wish I knew that person. I think in another life I would like to make that person my friend. And then mm-hmm. there's people you can communicate with like no, you can't communicate with anyone else. And that so true. is so true. That's so rare. It is rare. And I, I think what you're saying too, I also think that's a, a very animal primal thing mm-hmm. that we sense. But what is that? So what's that part? That is that part of your brain. That's not verbal. It's chemical. It's pheromones. It's also unconscious. It's like you can you can read all that. You can glean all that information. And that's also years of human evolution. You know, that's also like the the wiring of us. And what's interesting, I read in this Timothy Leary book today. He's like, <laughs> he you know he doesn't. Ramdas will say that it's that all this stuff leads you to God, right? LSD should lead you to God. That's one way of doing this. And that's the way mystics have done it since the ages. That's the way Hindus, Buddhism, this is the God consciousness, right? And uh, Timothy Leary is like, no, it's just, it's cellular knowledge. You know, God is a cellular being. We're all cellular beings. And he's like, from the minute you're conceived, all that information is there. You're all, and he's like, you know, some brains are going to be developed more and some less, you know, there's, there's a part for everybody on the planet essentially, but some people are going to get it. Like you just said, they're going to, you know, and I, I wonder if you can't even understand, really understand what we're talking about if you haven't done psychedelics. And I think like meditation can get, meditation can get you there too. Like a little transcendental bit. meditation. Yes. I'm so curious about that. Yeah. I'd love to, try that it's me too 20 minutes a day twice a day or it's only like a million dollars too to yeah it's, yeah that's <laughs> the one thing that gives me pause is that i have to pay to go inside my own mind no and you don't okay here's here's a secret to that we've discussed this on this show greg fitzsimmons and i so tm transcendental meditation you pay like three thousand dollars and a guru gives you your word your yeah. mantra i'll give you a word and you can't, yeah. I'll, I'll give you, it to you right now. I'll buy you dinner. But it doesn't matter. You don't need somebody to prescribe it. I, you can choose any word. And the idea is that you quiet your mind down to first focus on that word, on that mantra. And eventually you've, it, you just narrow the, the focus of your consciousness down to just being. And LSD, I believe, disrupts your sense of ego and identity enough 
so that you're kind that's the same idea you're quieting the mind down to its barest you're stripping it of all the bullshit you know how hard it is to stop your fucking brain and to filter societal stuff and like when i i smoke pot and i, I like to get <laughs> i kind of use pot like lsd now there's not an la god california is the best man you can get weed that's like psychedelic level isn't that insane it's the fucking best man but and people I, are killing themselves to prevent that from happening <laughs> i know why man like I know. it's even if it's not for getting into your brain even if it's because i'm on i'm taking chemotherapy and i yes. can't eat what I know it's so okay. stupid, but um, but yeah, it's a portal. It helps you. Uh, it helps strip away. I think all the stuff that's going on to get to your core. And what's really interesting about thinking, back to Heidegger's thought, the most thought-provoking thing is that we are still not thinking. Man, thought is the basis for everything. If you're not thinking right, your whole life is a goddamn mess. And I always tell my 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 belief is that your your brain is your most powerful tool in this lifetime. This if you don't master your mind, you're not going to fucking do anything right. You know? Yeah. There's all I listen to these fucking commercials for like luminosity. It's like train your brain with brainy. I'm like, "No, no, no. Pick up a fucking book. Yeah, go in the world Read. and have a conversation yes. with a person or that, that'll learn how train to paint your or yes. use your body." Yeah, you I know, don't do that nearly enough. I don't my no my body is ever. not in a contender anymore, <laughs> but you know, it's come on, let's put it to rest. But well, it's, it's also interesting too because people are doing this all over the world in different forms. Like, yes. I read all about, or I, I, I took a class in college and we learned all about this tribe in Brazil, the Yanomami, and they would go on these trips. Mm. And it was a, it was a, it was a, a privilege to go on this trip. Mm-hmm. But here it's like, don't do that. Yeah, why are Americans so averse to thinking? Why are Americans so averse? And that's what's so interesting about sorry, the sixties is that I don't I don't know how we got there. And because I think now this counterculture would never emerge. Like I feel like we're so fucking square we're now. We're such consumers and yeah. you, to be a cons- to be in a like successful consumer, you have to listen to listen, you okay. look great, right? But that sweater is a hole in it. <sighs> you gotta get a second sweater and right. while you're at it, get a second <laughs> Get a third one yep. because you're going to, you know, and like, yeah, you get a better car. Your car sucks. You like, need more. You need my stuff. phone is crumbling and I know that my phone was, was built. It's planned obsolescence. It's going to last you for a yes. moment yeah. and then it's going to crumble and you're going to have to get another one. And I, I'm like, I'm not getting another one until this thing disintegrates into my hand. <laughs> and you know, because mm. I'm a ter- I mean, I like, I like things. I'm not. Yeah, I do too. And I, like, I like money. Guess what? I grew up fucking poor and I like money. And I, I, I'm not ashamed to say I bought a pair it, of and sunglasses I want lots of today. It. You know, and I I have like eight <laughs> pairs of sunglasses. I'm not super amazing and great, but yeah. I'm working on it. Jesus. Well, I think what's really interesting now in the culture is um this tiny house movement. That's fascinating. Yeah, and I think that there is a kind of a counterculture coming where people are kind of going, "Wait, how, how much shit do I need and and why is this stuff is this necessarily benefiting me? Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But here's some more LSD stuff. I really like this. So Timothy Leary uh, used LSD for therapeutic means on like um, prisoners. And hold on, I have the results of this. It's really interesting stuff. That's a psycho. Hold on, hold your mommies. 
I make too many notes and then I can't fucking find the ones I want to talk about. Okay, here. No, Larry, believe the third. Oh, here we go. So he gave a bunch of prisoners LSD. This is so fucking great, man. <laughs> Were they aware? Of course. Yeah, yeah, no. He did uh, experiments on these people. This is part of his research. Okay, here we go. Uh 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 uh. Okay, records at Concord State Prison should suggested that 64% of the 32 subjects. So this is to see if his um if his LSD thing worked. He was giving prisoners LSD to help them for therapeutic things. So this is what happened. Records suggested that 64% of the 32 subjects would return to prison within 6 months after parole. However, after 6 months, only 25% of those on parole had returned. Six for technical parole violations and two for new offenses. Few short-term projects with prisoners have been effective to even a minor degree. In addition, the personality test scores indicated measurable positive change when pre... I never had to say this word. Psilocybin? Psilocybin. Psilocybin. And post-psilocybin results were compared. So it turns out, guys... Take mushrooms, you're going to be good to go. <laughs> I think so. You know, that whole thing about ayahuasca mm-hmm. is that people go... You go to Peru and you find this, I guess, some guru in a hut, right? And they give you ayahuasca, you drink it, you puke, and then this person helps you through your trip. And it's been proven that they've been doing this for how many uh, hundreds, thousands of years, these people, that it can heal whatever shit you got going on. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? That gives you hope. You know, there's like, I can get through this mania that I can, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I definitely think because I did psychedelics and i you know i i i did uh them numerous times i'm i'm happy that i did it i i think that i'm really happy because i op- i'm an open person and it opened me up and there's you know you go through day you're kind of hunched over and you're like mm. got to get the 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 train i got to get to work i'm you're just like at this point just like a feral animal reacting to stimuli <laughs> but when you do you got to turn it oh <laughs> Sorry, so, yeah, I'm not a professional. Acid. I don't. You're on acid. But um, tripping out. But like you, you, when you kind of sit back and you think and you open, you know, you open the doors. Of, yeah, you can kind of like mm, you hit a vein with the universe. Yeah, <laughs> and no, that's, you're so that's what they're lucky. talking about. Yes, and it's so great. And and I definitely think you know, there's certain quirky things about me that you have to kind of tamp down in my life, but. <laughs> Uh, and I maybe they're a product of taking LSD, but I don't know. I I was meant to take it, and I haven't taken it in so long. But once, um, I think once I had, I totally don't believe. I for the longest time did not believe in flashbacks. I thought that was like, yeah, I never complete horseshit. Yeah. But there was one day, <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> and I was flipped out for the rest of the day. It was just. It was like I was there for another second. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. Maybe. No, I think what you're talking about and what Ramdas talks about is belonging to our brains are all pieces of a bigger piece, right? The idea being the collective unconscious that we. Oh, yeah. That if I look deeper into your mind and deeper into my mind, guess what, man? We're all the same person. We're just wearing suits 
of female, male, black, mm-hmm. white, Asian. Or just flesh mannequins. Yes. Someone shouted that on the bus once. <laughs> Get out of my way, flesh mannequins. And I was like, that's, thank you for giving me a great idea for a story. But what that does by being able to tap into a consciousness higher than your own, this is from Ramdas, which I love this. He goes, learn to watch your drama unfold while at the same time knowing you are more than your drama. So it's kind of like by taking psychedelics, you access that part of your brain that goes, oh, oh, it's just a trip. It's just a ride. All these beings and this little, oh, isn't that cute? The bus and oh, isn't this neat? You're you're named so-and-so and this is a dog and that's a flower. And But wait a minute, there's something bigger. Because I, I think on some level, don't you think we all sense that there is something bigger? Like, God, I hope so. <laughs> I know. But it's interesting because Timothy Leary, if he's saying go into your mind, make your mi- your own mind yes. your God. He wouldn't say God. Yet. Then like if, you're de- if the thing that you worship is your own mind. But see, I'm... And then so, so some people go in... Yeah. To go, it's like Sufism, like you go yes. inward to yes. go out. Yes, totally. Ooh. It's okay, boo boo. You got it. It's, sorry. Um, I remember once, like, coming home, The like, it was like I was a kid or I was in high school and I was going home and I'd taken LSD the night before and I was looking and I was like, I feel weird. What's, and I was like, but what is normal? And there was a family on the street and the father was wearing shorts <laughs> and the kids were there and there was a mother. And they were normal. But I was like, but am I normal? Because I'm like, mm, I'm going to go home and like draw stuff in my closet, which is what I would do. I would like draw in weird places. <laughs> my notebook from that time of my life is evidence mm-hmm. of, and, and mm, but, uh, oh, sorry. But I was like, well, so what is normal? What is like, what, like there's two sides of every coin. It yeah. like forces you to pick up the coin, turn it around, mm-hmm. look at both sides. Take your retainer off and throw it into the... <laughs> and freak out. So I love this. This is how Leary describes uh, LSD. A psychedelic experience is a journey to new realms of consciousness. The scope and content of the experience is limitless, but its characteristics, its characteristic features are the transcendence of verbal concepts, of space-time dimensions, and of the ego or identity. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Verbal concepts and space-time. That's true because another part of drug-taking or meditation is to get outside of time and space as we know it. Because time is is your uh, your prison guard, you know? I, there's never enough of it, especially in today's society. You always feel like, uh, I always feel rushed. I always feel sad. I and always you have to feel hit the hurt. markers. Ugh. If you don't have oh, X, right. Y, Z. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, oh, you haven't God. done it. Oh, my God, I don't have time. I should have done that seven years ago. Yeah, all that shit. And all that shit's irrelevant. Because guess what? You're going to be back here a few more times and a few more incarnations. So don't sweat it. Here we go. So such experiences of enlarged consciousness can occur in a variety of other ways. So here's how you can get there. If you guys don't want to do acid, I don't blame you. I couldn't imagine doing acid as a 38-year-old uh, Well, you have adult. heavier things to worry about now. <laughs> it's too crazy now. When you're 16 or you're 20, you know, yeah. you're like, what do I got to worry about? Where am I going to get yeah. in my who, next pair of tights? Yeah, who cares? You're not going to go to My mom's going to find out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sensory deprivation. You ever heard oh, of deprivation tanks? Yes, that's fascinating. No, I want one so bad. Have you ever seen them? Shoot, what's that movie called? I want to say Videodrome, and it's not. The guy goes into such deep sensory deprivation that he like enters another realm. A minute, let's do it. Yeah, I, it's fascinating. Although I would have, have to make sure. Wine. Yes, please. I'd have to make sure that I was the only person that had. I would been the first person in the water, and that they empty it between I people. Oh yeah, gross. 
I was thinking, you know, Joe Rogan has a deprivation tank and um, my husband and I were just talking about it the other night. Yeah. Like I, cause Tommy's like, there's a public place you can go. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know, yeah. man. Like I'm, I'm weird about public pools and jacuzzis, let yeah. alone like body broth. It's just you. Yeah. It's just a froth, like a miso <laughs> kind of situation. <laughs> Yeah, I need my own water. Me so. But if you want to do that, so here's how you get, you can get to this place we're talking about, not just real estate. So sensory deprivation, yoga exercises, absolutely. Uh, disciplined meditation, absolutely. Religious or aesthetic ecstasies. Oh. Sex. <laughs> Most definitely is transcendent. Most definitely. Music, I think, is transcendent. Oh, yeah. It's like sense memory work, you know, mm-hmm. where you... Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, they have become available to anyone through the ingestion of psychedelics, LSD, psilocybin, DMT, which is another thing Joe Rogan talks about a lot, mescaline. Wait, Joe Rogan did a documentary yes. about DMT. I yes. started to watch it. I wasn't interested. Like, I didn't necessarily love the way the documentary was, like, the way the information was curated, but it exists in your brain. I'm sorry, I've interrupted. No, you no, go, I'm sorry. If I look down, it's because I'm like I would just want to. Rem- I want to go back to this thing later. But please, but go. Y- it's like it exists in your it. brain, and you're just replicating it with this drug, right? I'm, oh, DMT. Yeah, I don't know enough about this. Yeah, uh, I should so shut up. Forgive me. Yeah, but I've been curious about it in the past. That is definitely something Joe Rogan talks about on his show. So, guys, I defer to Joe on DMT talk because I think he knows a lot more than I do. Talk about LSD. I can't do DMT, but I think um. What's really fucking cool. Okay, so so uh, turn on. What is it? Tur- turn on, tune in. And drop out. Oh, I love that. Fuck yes. It's Stick like it saying it. yes and. Like <sighs> it, you're saying yes. Like it's. Love it's, it. We, I love the word yes. It's such a great word. But like. <laughs> I got a cord on my lap. Yeah, uh, I do too. And I really love. That's why I love the 60s. So this is what Timothy Leary defines it. Because like, you know, I heard that phrase a lot as a kid. And I'm not sure I knew what it meant. This is what he says it means. Turn on meant to go within, to go within, to activate your neural and genetic equipment. Wow. Become sensitive to the many and various levels of consciousness and the specific triggers that engage them. Drugs were one way to accomplish this and tune in meant interact harmoniously with the world around Mm -hmm. you, which is I think you're really tuned in. It sounds like you have that. I try really hard. Sometimes I'm raging against the night you know but other times i when i'm conscious i'm like don't you know i can empathize with even the worst piece of human garbage because it's like uh, if this guy has his own shit going on but but i have to focus normally i'm like get up off me you know so yeah well i'm I'm, 90 percent of the time i'm a grouchy judgmental but that two percent I'm the best. You are, you are <laughs> tuned in. I'm tuned in. Turn on. So externalize, materialize, express your internal perspective. Drop out suggested an elective, selective, graceful process of detachment from involuntary or unconscious commitments. Drop out meant self-reliance, a discovery of one singularity, a commitment to mobility, choice, and change i like that that sounds a lot like the tiny house movement commitment to mobility choice and change i kind of like that you can probably also just traveling yeah he's another good way to oh travels i think travel is a fantastic way to disrupt your neural pathways yeah because you're such a big presence in your own life get go you're a big fish in a small pond go go somewhere 
different or go, go, you know, I actually had an interesting experience the first time I tried mushrooms mm. and I was visiting my friend in college and they were privileged. They were in art school and they were, we were all, you know, privileged and all of us were white and there was this like situation going on at the college that day, like either a concert or a game or some sort of fair. So some of the people from the town were coming in to attend this event. And these four, it was like four of us and these four other girls came up to us. We were white and they were black and they were, they were local girls and they were coming to the, they were coming to the school because they wanted to meet college guys and get out and better themselves. And at first they were, or we went up to, I think, I'm sorry, we went up to them to get lights. And at first it was kind of like, hey, hey, who, what, what? But then the eight of us sat down and talked for a lot, like an hour. And we found that like, despite being like local girls and college girls and these two different like economic economic stratum or strata um that we had a lot of in common as women and then the clincher was this poor kid came was like taking his bike by us and he had to get over a rope fence mm. <laughs> this poor bastard fell somehow did like a cartwheel with the bike over the rope and then was <laughs> caught and hooked in fantastic and all of us were like <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. And it was like this thing that at first we would have, I don't know if the, the women who came up to us were tripping, but like they were done up and pretty and we were dirty and like had like, we looked crazy. I don't know why, why they talked to us, but we found this commonality that was, and it was like one of the, one of the best experiences of my, like I still think about that where would we have found each other? I don't know. That's a half-ass story. Right no, there. I think, but I think your point is that once you've opened that part of your mind that understands that we're all just wearing meat suits, uh, it really, you lighten up. You lighten up on yourself. You lighten up on other people. You lighten up on all living things, and you realize that we're all part of this one crazy ride and we're on this planet that's orbiting around in this bigger galaxy and fuck man it does none of it means anything and why am i uptight about anything right yeah. now you know like i i found that like i almost found that like one of the things that bonded people was that there's so much sadness and yes. and like and and so like you know i wasn't i'm not the only person that has sadness like there's yeah. so many people suffering from sadness and carrying this like mantle of sadness around and so that's, you know, like I would, I'm trying to think of an example of someone I'd have trouble forgiving for something, but like, not that it's up to me, but you know, there's a, that was another common thing that there's people just like striving so hard to be happy every day oh my God. and they're not, or you, like, so that was, that's a full-time gig trying to be happy. And I feel like the Westerners have a, we struggle with that a lot because we think we can buy it. We think we have to. If I'm in shape, I'll be happy. If I'm 20 pounds lighter, I'll be happy. If I have the house, I'll be happy. If I have the husband, I'll be happy. If I have the babies, I'll be happy. If I have the career, if, 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 if and I have when. the King Charles Cavalier, <laughs> I will be happy. <laughs> right. If I get this icon in cornflower blue, like the my favorite mm -hmm. movie is Fight Club. 
for so many reasons. But I love it when he's at the height of his yuppiness and he's worried about, uh, yeah, can I get, can I, he's at the meeting, can I get this icon in a cornflower blue? And I'm like, man, I've been there. I've been there. When the minutia becomes like your ruling. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. You know, and I, it happened to me. That, so every morning I've been doing this thing now where I wake up and I used to just wake up, drink my coffee, get ripped on coffee, get right into emails, start Bang. the day. Let me see. Oh, well, Bed Bath & Beyond's having a sale. Let me click on that icon. It's important business. Well, Tapping away. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing important. I'm sending emails. I'm, I'm firing off it. emails. Yeah, t- type A. I'm on top of the day. Career. You're welcome, yeah. America. I'm doing the job. Hang on. I'll just pause here and wave the flag. Right. And I'm a good consumer and I'm a good American. I'm having fun. And yes. So anyway, I was really into that. I was really into my world and I was so fucking intense. And Tommy, my husband sends me uh, a text. He goes, hey, have you seen Fuck Jerry's post on Instagram? So Fuck Jerry. Have you seen him yet on Instagram? No, but you (laughs) so great. You haven't seen him yet? No, but I think you've mentioned it or you've like... (sighs) You got you guys check out fuck Jerry on Instagram. If ever you're having a moment, just go to that guy's account. He posts the best shit. So, you know, this was everywhere on the internet a few days ago, but he posted that Kim Kardashian butt picture, but attached to a coffee maker. So it's her picture of her ass. And then there's coffee that's shitting out of her butt. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I Is that that's why everyone's talking about her because of those photographs. Yeah, because there's some butt pictures, whatever they're whatever. But I mean, seeing Kim Kardashian have diarrhea, like it jolted me out of my oh, purposefulness. Yeah, oh, it's the worst. But it, it jolted me out of that way of being of like, I got to be on top of my shit. And I started laughing and I went, wow, when's the last time I really experienced this silliness, this glee? Like, why am I so serious right now? You know, and and it's good to have something that jars you out of your I get so locked in. I get so focused. I, you know, I'm like a dog with a bone. You've known me for me. I'm so fucking intense and I hate it. Like there are times where I like, I need to not be so intense. Would you ever say that I'm an intense person (laughs) or would you say I need to be a little more intense? (laughs) See, and that's why I love you. And that's why we work well together. Cause I'm like vapor (laughs) and you're yeah. Uh, Yeah. But you get intense, but it sounds like LSD was a way for you to get intense because the way I was on LSD is I got externalized. I had to get out of my brain because mm-hmm. I'm in there a lot. Or I'm in there and I don't like it. I went. Yeah, I went. You went in and I went out. Yeah. I started to. Oh, no, we already, I already actually filled that out. What? No, I was. we were talking about why do kids do it and why. And, and I was like, we already. Why do about kids it. do it? This is short term memory about it. Because <laughs> you're having a flashback. Yeah, I think what's and for drugs. That's <laughs> <I>, great. <laughs> I'm the white rabbit. I love that song. Um, <laughs> but yeah. why? Why did you? So here's the thing. Why are two? You know, you and I grew up uh, on opposite ends of the country, but we had really similar uh, background. It's funny. All my really close friends, we have eerily parallel lives uh you and i started doing drugs pretty early mm-hmm. i started smoking dope at 13 were you around i think thir- 14 was the first time i i got busted immediately my mom <laughs> always my mom always discovered everything she's good yeah i mean eventually i would like make video and be like don't guys <laughs> i'm turn this video on don't talk about what we're on and don't just just act cool Got it. Awesome. Record. First thing my friend says, I'm so fucked up. (laughs) 
we got LSD. Oh. And name the person. Oh, shit. Idiot. Mm. And But idiot over here doesn't edit the, the thing and, like, leaves the camera out. But, you know, secretly somebody pointed out I wanted to be caught. Yes. Why would, why would 250? I came home. Why? Why would well, you I also, do where's that? your base? Like, I couldn't just, like, ho- like hole up under the train tracks no. for three weeks. Well, and I didn't plan that out. You know, I hadn't planned to take acid that day. Maybe I should have planned it, set aside, like, hey, I'm spending the night at so-and-so's house. Yeah, I marvel God at damn. people who are like, what is that? I'll take some. Yeah. Like, no, dude. <laughs> you have to be... You need like a knapsack <laughs> with like a nap and a stick like a hobo. Yeah, you need a, you're gonna you need, need a hobo bag. You're gonna need a visor. You're gonna need one of those belts that people run with in the canyons. A belt loaded with water. What's the belt? Like you know, like people like instead of carrying a water bottle in your hand, you load it onto your belt. <laughs> no. Oh, I'll get I you. I, I saw photographs of someone carrying one. So I was like, that guy's that. super serious. Yeah. Oh, I saw a picture of like. Fergie and Josh Dumel running in the canyon with these belts. And I was like, that's why they're gorgeous. So Fergie's so fit. I see pictures so of her hydrated. God, that's the secret. Yeah. She's well, she, you know, she dances for a living. So if I dance for a living, I'd be major. Yeah. But you know, story. I just, you know, I choose not to. I choose this. <laughs> I, choose I choose this. this. <laughs> Donut body. Yeah. Regular body. That's yeah. what that's called. Hashtag regular body. That's Hashtag the No coffee maker is going to be. Uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. Uh, anything else? Should we, is there anything else? One of the things that I, well, that you can edit this out, but like I I have this theory about sound and I think I would never have thought it unless I had taken psychedelics. I'm convinced that every sound and every piece of music and every, um, arrangement exists in the universe and you have to be you have to be tuned into the universe to hear it and it's all like i just feel like if i could just like if i had the listening device that could like you know like you need a certain ability dogs have a certain ability to hear high pitch or if you had a certain ability to hear yes to listen you could hear every piece of music do you know that people that's like a thought in mystical tradition the idea that you like uh, what's that guy Leonardo da Vinci? He did David, right? Is that is that the one I'm thinking? He said that uh, he did not carve David out of the marble, but rather the the marble or whatever God expressed itself through the marble. I can't fucking remember the thing now. But the point of the story is he didn't create David; he downloaded David. Whoa! In essence, you so know? he had a computer also. He did. This guy, uh, he He's did large and he, in charge on his iPhone. But the the but that he downloaded that from the collective the universal mm-hmm. consciousness as it's like there's a part where you you know i feel like if you're writing yep you're channeling yep it's not through you it's, it's not i'm sorry cre- it's not it's not from you it is through, through you, you but not from you absolutely i think i often think that when i write uh really good shit jokes you know like uh i tell a really good diarrhea joke and i go that, that was god expressing himself through me that didn't come from me and there you go that's how it's done yeah um, so yeah, so download the answers from the universe. Cause the point is it's all inside of you. 
That's the truth. Uh, all the universal truths are inside of you, and you have to access them yourself. And LSD is one way of doing that. Meditation is another way of doing that. Introspection, deprivation, tanks. Sex is another way. Sex is another way. It's of getting, doing getting, it. and it's in other people, and you have to listen to other people. Because mm, you, you were like what, five six, five seven. You know what, whatever yeah, you're, little, whatever you're. I'm a featherweight. What I'm, I'm um, I would say a welter. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a welterweight. Yeah. I am. Um, but like, how? So, how much mass do you like? How much space on the planet? You know, do you have all the answers? I don't. But you pair up with people, and you can get more. Ooh. And you know, you experience. You eat. You you like suck people in, or mm-hmm. you share with people, or you talk to people, or you, you know, you eat a good sandwich. Yep. And that's it. That's the meaning of life. And you know what that is? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, mystery guest. Uh, Thank you for having me. You did such a great job. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences on acid. Well, thank you for putting up with me. So much, so much fact is lost to me, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm like, oh, you know, I know the general shade of it all, or a little sketch, but I don't necessarily have like the actual photographic <laughs> memory of certain things. But I'm fine with it. I've gotten, I've managed not to crash into a. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and if you have anything uh, to share, you can email me at uh, that's deep bro podcast at gmail.com. Hey, email me if you know the person who turned into an orange from doing. Yeah, I'd love to find too that. Do so you think that's true? That's not true. No, I. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many things that people will tell you so that you won't become intelligent. Oh, oh what about the one um, where the guy has a bunch of sheets of it in his pockets and he's coming home and the sprinklers go on oh. and then it all seeps into his skin and then and then he turns. I think that's how the orange story starts and then now he's in an insane asylum and all he does is, is he screams, don't peel me, don't peel me. And he's, but he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I think I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you're hungry. All right. All right, man. I love you. Thank you for being here. I love you. Thank you for having me. Bye. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with. Philosophize with. Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke or was it Socrates, Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates, got us talking all properly, topically, just a comedian discussing these philosophies, serious questions, silly people, what's that, that's deep bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep bro. That's deep bro. That's deep bro.